I am so proud of you for listening to this podcast today as you are making an intentional choice to not just make Easter a one-day celebration that's mostly about a fancy dress and chocolate-filled bunnies, but to make it about knowing the one we are celebrating that day, Jesus. Over the next seven weeks, we will slow down the final days of Jesus' life. We will take a peek into each of these moments so that we can know Him better. I want to teach you some common Lent practices, Bible study, fasting, Lent candles, repentance, and prayer. I will guide you through implementing each of these. Help me spread the message by sharing it with your friends and family on social media, and also by clicking the button to text this episode to them. We both know all of us struggle with how to really focus on Jesus during Easter. And it's crazy because this should be the holiday we go all in for. But I get it, we've never been shown how. My friend, that all changes with this study. We are going to do this together. This Lent study is brought to you by Online Women's Bible Study. I would love for you to join our community as we are growing even more in God's Word. And I'm giving you a week free to try out being a member at OnlineWomensBibleStudy.com. This will be automatically applied when you sign up today. This spring, we are studying the book of James, which is the perfect complement to this final day's Lent study, because it was one of the very first letters written to the first followers of Jesus. So as you are studying the final days of Jesus' life, you will see how the first followers lived it out. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. All right, let's get started with today's session. Pour it out and hair down. If you haven't already, spend a little bit of time in prayer. Repent of sins, ask for others and yourself, yield to God, then wait and listen. I love the Gospels and how they give us different perspectives on the life of Jesus. Faith increases when we hear the same account of Jesus, seen from a slightly different angle. What a gift that he has given us to allow us insight into so many intimate parts of his life. Few moments in scripture are as intimate as the one between him and Mary as she anoints his feet. There are a few accounts of Jesus' anointing in scripture, and it can be confusing to know whether or not they overlap. Most of the details are the same, but each book offers a few additional details. Most commentaries agree that these three accounts are all in fact referring to the same moment. I'm going to ask you to do a little extra reading today because I don't want you to miss any details. So we are going to read all three accounts that are given to us. It will be worth it, I promise. Take note of everything, the setting, the people, the sacrifices, the response, etc. Read John 12, 1-8 and note what happened. John 12, 1-8 Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it at Jesus' feet and wiped her feet his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was a worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. 
Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well. Prompt. Read Matthew 26, 6-13, and note any additional information below. Matthew 26, 6-13. When Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with a with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on, the, on his head as she was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you but you will not always have me. And when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Prompt. Read Mark 14, 3-9 and note any additional information below. Mark 14, 3-9. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It would have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done... She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. You can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for burial. Truly, I say to you, truly, I tell you, whenever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Turn back to the account in John 12. We are going to focus in on some of the details listed here. So many places we could dive into. Lord, show us where to focus. Lead us to what we need most. Question. How much did Judas want to sell the ointment for? What did he want to do with it instead? This is a hard one for me, and I feel certain I would have asked the same question long before Judas did. Actually, being a woman, I probably would have seen what Mary was up to and pulled her aside and advised her to do something else, anything else. Judas's exclamation that it's worth 300 denarii falls flat on our ears. All shock value is gone. However, to know that one's day's wages was one denarii on average changes the whole thing, doesn't it? That ointment was worth 10 months of work. Can you even imagine? If I found out Chris gave away 10 months of his salary, I would freak out on him. But she didn't just give it away. She poured it out. Gone. Nothing to show for it. I'm going to go somewhere and I hope you stick with me. I don't think it's too far of a stretch. Question. Are you in a season of waiting right now? Or a season where you see very little significance? If not, then share about the most recent season of insignificance. This past year was my first year to really turn a profit. I get paid beyond what my costs were in any of my efforts with ministry, writing, speaking, etc. My pride has struggled with this so much. I felt guilty that I wasn't contributing, which wasn't at all put on 
by anyone but myself. I felt guilty for spending savings so that I could write and print studies or pay for sitters while the entire amount I was paid to speak someplace. I've had, to, I've had so many people give me that look after the, they hear what I do. You know, the one that says they think I'm an idiot and should get a real job with a real paycheck or just embrace being a stay-at-home mom. Many have said or inferred that the work that this work I have done the past seven years has been a waste. If I had kept working, we could be in an even better situation financially. If I had chosen to be fully dedicated to my kiddos and they would have been better behaved or I'd be more bonded to them, the latter of which is ridiculous. All of that I've poured out for seven years has seemed like a waste to most people. And on my weakest, most insecure days, I've agreed. Question, do you feel like this season is a waste? Or a past season that has seemed insignificant, do you count it as a waste? I love how brave Mary is here. She didn't care. She loved Jesus and gave her very best to him. Gave her very best for him. Nothing is wasted. I think back on those past seven years now, and I don't want them to, I don't want to see them as a waste any longer. I want so badly for the things to go, for things to go faster. I want so badly for those around me to be impressed. I want to contribute. I want to know I wasn't making a mistake, that there was meaning and purpose in what I was doing and what I was offering. That's what I want my, what my flesh wanted. But my heart went out most days. More than anything, I wanted Jesus. I wanted to say yes to him each of these moments. Very few people have these big breakthrough moments. It's a lot of little insignificant moments that create the significant. Question, what did she wipe and what did she use to wipe? Mary is such a rule breaker. She went straight against cultural norms simply to honor Christ. There is nothing politically correct about this lady and I love that about her. She isn't trying to do what's right or fit in. She is trying to do what tells God she loves him and the most and brings him the most honor, even if she appears like a fool. She wiped his feet. This is gross on so many accounts because in those days, men wore sandals and walked on dirt roads. I feel certain that the fully man side of Christ probably had stinky feet that day. Servants were usually provided to wash the feet of guests. Servants. The lowest in the household would fall to the knees and scrub the dirt off the feet of strangers. Instead, Mary fell to her knees and wiped the feet of the one she cared most about. She used her hair. This is wild more than it is weird. Women kept their hair up, only unraveling it for their husbands. For Mary to unravel her hair for Jesus was one of the most intimate acts a woman could offer. I don't want us to miss this, so I'm going to ask you to give a little more time today. If possible, grab this book and get on your knees. If it's not possible, stay right where you are. Ask God the following questions and jot down any thoughts you have. Question. God, is my current season insignificant? How so? God, what could I give you that is of value? Think beyond finances. Question. Do I care too much about what others think of my plans? Question, how could I humble myself more, bow and wash the feet, a servant's job? Question, how could I be more brave and let my hair down? I hope your time with your father was sweet. I hope you spoke hope over you. I hope you kept, you kept asking these questions. You are brave. Actually, you aren't. 
I don't know why our current Christian mantra is that we are brave, wild women. We aren't on our own apart from Christ. We just really aren't really that brave. Usually our bravery apart from Christ is selfishness or foolishness. He makes you brave. He makes you enough and able to do whatever it is he whispered to you today. Trust him. Mary's act of humility and courage for her king is considered his anointing for burial. She prepared his flesh to make the greatest sacrifice that gives us courage and new life. I wonder what your courage and humility could do in Jesus' name. Go do it, friend. As we wrap up today, what should you do? How can you apply what you have heard today, James 1.22, and who should you tell? What is something you can share about today? And what should you share? Who should you share with? My prayer for you is that you would feel like you know Jesus more as we work our way through his final days. His story is the reason we celebrate on Easter Sunday because it's the thing that has totally changed our lives. I so hope this was encouraging to you. If it was, it would be so helpful if you would leave a review for this show. If it wasn't, well, you don't have to leave a review. Finally, please share this with your friends. We want to encourage as many people as we can with this free and super easy to do Lent study. And when you share about it on social media, be sure to use hashtag hearers and doers podcast and tag me at Becky Kaiser. As a reminder, if you are looking to grow in God's word and community, you get a week free to try out being a member at onlinewomensbiblestudy.com. I'll see you tomorrow with another final day's episode.